Welcome to Carmelite Conversations. This is Frances Harry coming to you from Dayton, Ohio. Did you ever stop to think of how God is calling you? We each have a mission from heaven. Have you thought about what that is? And if you do know what it is, do you know how it is being accomplished? You know, I'm reminded of a wonderful book entitled Calls from the Message of Fatima by Sister Lucia. There's much in that book to ponder about heaven calls us. In today's podcast, OCDS member Deacon Rusty Baldwin will address the question of how we are called, especially as it pertains to the call to Carmel. It is also indicative of any heavenly call. This talk is timely, but it's also timeless. May the Lord grant each of us the grace to favorably answer his call. I present to you now Deacon Rusty Baldwin in this talk entitled, Inspired by the Holy Spirit. What first drew you to Carmel? And how often do you think about that? For those who are just discerning a call to Carmel, you can probably answer that quite readily. For those who have been in Carmel for a while, I'm sure you too, even if you haven't thought about it for a while, can remember quite vividly what first drew you to Carmel as well. Each of us has our own story. But however rich and diverse the experiences and events However long and arduous, or conversely, however sweet and pleasant the journey, there's a common thread running through every vocation in our community. In fact, I would go so far as to say, I know why each and every one of you are Carmelites. For it's the same reason I am a Carmelite. It's because you and I were inspired by the Holy Spirit. Isn't that what the promises we took affirm? Our promise begins with inspired by the Holy Spirit. Therefore, whatever the particular circumstances of your call were, I can state without hesitation and with great confidence that it was the Holy Spirit at work in you inspiring you to respond to God's call to Carmel. We didn't decide to be Carmelites, however we may speak about our vocation. We were called to Carmel by God through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. This means that, as with all vocations, we have been entrusted with a mission, a purpose for which we have been called. And the same Holy Spirit gives us the means by which we can authentically and lovingly live out our vocation and accomplish our mission with holy fervor, namely through the gifts of the Holy Spirit. In Eucharistic prayer two from the mass, the Holy Spirit is said to come like the dewfall like the dewfall. 
And while there are significant exceptions attested to in the scripture, this is how the Holy Spirit comes most often. Gently, silently, appearing seemingly out of nowhere, usually unnoticed, but always there nevertheless. This homily is intended to be a kind of gentle prodding to encourage us to take notice of what so often goes unnoticed, that being the gifts of the Holy Spirit, to take these gifts to our prayer time, to meditate on them and to contemplate them. But most of all, to use what we have so generously received by virtue of our baptism and confirmation to animate and stimulate our desire for holiness and thereby put these gifts to use for the greater glory of God. To that end, I would like to briefly discuss each of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Now, we all know the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit are wisdom, understanding, counsel, fortitude, knowledge, piety, and fear of the Lord. What you may not know is that each gift completes and perfects a particular theological or cardinal virtue. The theological virtues being faith, hope, and love and the cardinal virtues being prudence, justice, temperance, and fortitude. Unlike the gifts of the Holy Spirit, these virtues are acquired and strengthened through practice and through repetition. We exercise and strengthen these virtues when by grace we choose to do the good and avoid evil. Let's start our brief examination of the gifts of the Holy Spirit with wisdom. Wisdom is the, ability, uh, is the ability to see the final end or purpose of everything. To see the final end or purpose of everything. We don't often hear about the end of things nowadays, but the end the purpose of something is the answer to why the thing exists. The Baltimore Catechism identifies the end of man, for example, in its answer to why God made you. God made you to know him, to love him, and to serve him in this world and be happy with him forever in heaven. That is why we are. Wisdom is the ability to see the end, the purpose, the why of everything in our lives, the good and the bad. Wisdom focuses our minds and hearts on the spiritual and eternal rather than the material and temporal. The gift of wisdom perfects and completes the theological virtue of love. For love is the final end, the ultimate purpose of everything as St. Therese of Lisieux so wisely recognized. The gift of understanding enables us to comprehend the deep mysteries of the faith. In fact, the gift of understanding is the perfection of the theological virtue of faith. When by God's grace we enter into contemplation, what we know by faith is perfected 
through a real and deep understanding according to God's will. The gift of counsel enables us to quickly and rightly discern the correct course course of action in difficult situations. I think of our Holy Father, St. John of the Cross, as a shining example of someone with this gift. The gift of counsel perfects the virtue of prudence. The gift of fortitude is a perfection of the virtue of the same name. This gift gives us courage and endurance in the face of opposition. I think of our Holy Mother, St. Teresa of Avila, and all she endured to reform Carmel and to establish the many foundations she did. But most especially, I think of the martyrs when thinking of the Holy Spirit's gift of fortitude. Through the gift of knowledge, we see all things as God does, through divine eyes, as it were. Knowledge perfects the theological virtue of hope. And hope is sometimes described as faith projected into the future. Using the same metaphor, we would then describe the gift of knowledge as certitude in the light of the divine all-encompassing present. For God's knowledge encompasses all time and indeed eternity. Piety perfects the virtue of justice, which gives everyone their due. In piety, we in love acknowledge the glory and honor that is due to God alone. In addition, in humility, we treat that which is sacred with the honor it is due and venerate the angels and saints as the reflection of the glory of God they are. The gift of the fear of the Lord enables us to behold the majesty of God. It perfects the virtue of temperance. Now, this might seem quite odd as we often think of temperance as a form of moderation, but this is not always the case. Temperance is more rightly understood as using a particular good in a due and proper manner. And the due and proper response to the majesty of God is awe and wonder. And awe and wonder are certainly not fear in the servile sense, but can said to be fear in the order of love and the sense of wanting to live up to the majesty we are beholding. When St. John the Evangelist fell at the sight of our glorified Lord in heaven in the vision of Revelation, it wasn't out of fear in the ordinary sense, but rather it was because the majesty of the Lord, which he revealed in love, manifested in John awe and wonder and was accompanied by a very apt physical response. Now, One might well wonder why we do not see the gifts of the Holy Spirit manifested in our lives more than we do. And I think this is because to accept a gift, we have to open our hands and our hearts to receive it. And the means by which we open our hands and hearts to receive the gifts of the Holy Spirit 
is by practicing the virtues that are perfected by them. Faith, hope, love, prudence, justice, fortitude, and temperance. But just as a watched pot never boils, so too if we look for the gift rather than looking to the giver. But if we keep our eyes on the Lord, if we love him and love our neighbor, then one day we will recognize the gifts are indeed in our hands and hearts. They will have come gently and silently, seemingly out of nowhere, but they are there nonetheless, just like the dewfall.